Good afternoon. Happy Monday. It's almost 439 here on this 27th of September. You're tuned into NL Newsday. And, well, let's talk wildfires for a moment here, shall we? I mean, we know it's been a brutal season in 2021. Now, thankfully, things have sort of tapered off here over the last three to four weeks. And, you know, wildfires maybe aren't quite as top of mind as they were about a month ago. But nonetheless, it's definitely not something we can forget about anytime soon. So with that said, I mean, how do we prepare moving forward? What do we need to do over the course of the shoulder season here to be ready for the wildfire season in 2022? I mean, a lot of talk about reviewing 2021, coming up with more reports and doing all the work to, you know, pay uh, probably a consultant to find out what we should be and shouldn't, shouldn't be doing. I feel like that work's probably been done, though, already. And I know that the mayor of Barrier Ward Steamer feels like some of this work has definitely already been done, and it's time to get to work on some of those previous year reports. So for more, please to welcome Mr. Stamer. Ward, how you doing here this afternoon? I'm great, Jeff. How are you? I'm doing all right. Appreciate the time. Okay, so there was a Thompson-Nicola Regional District board meeting that occurred last week, and that's sort of where I heard some of the comments that you had to make during the meeting, looking back, you know, at years of, of 2003 and 2017, and we had extensive reports coming out of those pretty significant fire years, and mm -hmm. it sounded to me like you were basically saying, hey, we, we should probably be doing more of the work that came from those reports as opposed to trying to look to do a, another one here following this fire season. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of agree with you, Jeff, in as much as that I, I don't necessarily disagree that there shouldn't be some kind of an official government mm -hmm. report. But at the same time, I was reading that uh, Mr. Abbott, who did the 2017 report with one of the First Nations chiefs, I, I can't remember his name, unfortunately, sorry for that, but they talked about that there was 108 recommendations, 99 of them had been looked at or been sort of acted upon, and nine of them hadn't. And they couldn't identify what were the 99 that had and the nine that hadn't. And uh, so I found that to be a little bit interesting in as much as that you're right, we don't have to reinvent the wheel, but there are a lot of concerns in regards to what transpired, you know, how the fire season rolled out, what was our response to these fires, what occurred during these fires, and everything in between. And unfortunately, I'm not entirely convinced that if we continue to keep doing the same thing with getting a report in a year or two years, it's really going to help us in the short term. And uh, we mentioned, you know, that everybody seems to have a fairly short memory, and you just alluded to that at the beginning of the segment, is that, okay, so now we're thinking about Thanksgiving and Halloween, and next it'll be Christmas and snow on the ground, and then the next thing you know it'll be the spring. So there's a lot of concerns uh, in amongst of some of the things that occurred this summer, like what about all the streams? What about all the crossings? What about some of the, some of the issues of with, uh, with our environment? You know, are we looking at all those watersheds? Who's doing the reporting on that? Who's doing the work in that, in that short period of time to be able to fix a lot of the things that were done during the fires? I mean, there's a long list of things that we'd like to be able to ask those questions, and I'm not entirely convinced that uh, we're going to get that in a timely fashion. Yeah, I mean, we got to wait for, I guess, the legislator to, legislature to get back in session here so we see some of the more uh, political talk that can occur when, when they're sitting. You know, we just haven't seen that for a while. you got to hope that this is one of the first issues that is on their agenda of things to at least discuss. Uh, but that being said, you know, when, when we see government get involved in this, a lot of times it is, as you mentioned, another report that will be coming to, to look at what happened and then make some more recommendations when there's still recommendations 
on the table from four years ago that you mentioned have not to be addressed. I mean, nine recommendations from a 2017 report that are still sitting there idle seems a little ridiculous to me. And I, it sounds like you're feeling kind of the, the same way on that. Well, at the same time, I agree. At the same time, you know, what kind of input are we getting into even some of the tactical issues that, that, that came about with the firefighting? Again, I'm not criticizing anybody, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. This isn't a blame game. But I've been involved in the game. I mean, I've got over 40 years' experience in the bush. I fought my fair share of fires. And some of the things that I'm hearing that transpired in the Monty Lake, Westwold area, first of all, I hats off to every single person that was on those fires because they did you know, work above and beyond what there was necessary to do. But I still think there were a lot of things that could have been done differently. And again, unless we get another set of eyes into some of these things, we're not going to get the accountability. We're not going to get the transparency on this. And I mean, we don't even know how much money is going to be spent. It's probably going to be the most expensive fire season we've ever had. Maybe we're going to push it close to a billion dollars. That's a significant amount of money that's being paid for by the taxpayers, not by some bureaucrat or some government official. And that's why I think the TNRD is set up for something like this, because we represent the people. We are apolitical. I'm not asking for any support. I would just as soon not have our MLAs on uh, the TNRD task force, if that's what the rest of the board decides upon, because, again, we've got you know, uh, MLA Stone, Millibar, and Taggart that are in this region, but unfortunately they're not members of the government. And I just as soon have them, you know, on the mm -hmm. sidelines because I don't really want to have it political. And most of, the, most of the municipalities in the regional district are apolitical. We don't have, like even in Cal, you don't have an NPA a slate of people and you don't have somebody else. Everybody is there to help represent possibly their community or their sections of Kamloops, but they're not having it coming in there with, a, with an agenda. And I think we've got to be able to look at it from, from, from you know, a, a clear picture and not just be affected by the politics. Yeah, so with that all being said, I guess, uh, you know, what is the role, do you think, of the regional district in, in making sure that those conversations and those committees and those meetings can indeed take place? Like, outside of addressing this and talking about this during the monthly board meeting, I guess, what else does the regional district have a responsibility to do here? Well, first of all, it's to protect our residents. I mean, we only had one director out of, what, 25 or 26 that wasn't either under an alert or an order this summer. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got the, the, the uh, town of Lytton burnt to the ground. We've got Monty Lake where only, you know, there's not even half of the town left in, uh, in, Cher, in Cher Gillis's, uh area. Mm -hmm. So we've got some significant concerns going forward when we talk about wildfire mitigation. We talk about, uh, you know, suppression efforts. We talk about fire smarting properties. We talk about all these things that are in these reports. But how are we actually supposed to get boots on the ground to be preventative in this? I mean, the mayor of Lytton told me that they've been working on this for seven or eight years, but unfortunately where the fire started was on, was, and what it sounds like the fire started was on private CN right-of-way. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult when you've done, you know, 95% of the work to try to protect your, your community, and all of a sudden you could have something that isn't, you know, being properly done or maybe overlooked. And again, I'm not accusing anybody of doing anything wrong, but unless we get a really clear picture of exactly what happened in some of these cases, we're not going to be able to act upon it and try to make it better for next fire season.
Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about doing more of that mitigation work, having forest firefighters on as a year-round position as opposed to being seasonal. I mean, there's a lot of good ideas out there, uh, and I, I think we're going to see some of that come to fruition over the course of this you know, fall and winter season ahead. Uh, but how much we're going to actually see make a difference, that remains to be seen. Uh, one of the promises that was made as well on the federal election campaign was Prime Minister Trudeau, you know, when he was in uh, B.C., I think it was pretty early on in the election campaign, and he made a pretty significant commitment for enhancing wildfire efforts in this country. Um, I guess mm -hmm. it's important to hear that kind of thing, and yeah, it was top of mind because places were still very much on fire when he made that announcement. I can't remember exactly what it was, uh, but you know, we can't let them forget about things like that, right? I mean, having those enhancements are are, are critical, uh, especially now as we come out of a, a season like 21. And even if a 2022 is calmer, I mean, that might lead more people to start forgetting, right? And start being complacent. We just can't let that happen. Agreed. I agreed. And I think part of it comes down to response, uh, Jeff. And that's what you're talking about. We're looking at some of the opportunities we had in the past where we had smaller organizations, we had, you know, smaller companies that were able to do this kind of work and they're no, they're no longer in business because one of the challenges is having year-time employment for those people. I know Simp Resources is, is looking at, at putting a, a truck together. They've, they've been successful in getting monies available to put a truck together and to be able to staff something like that. And I've been a proponent of that where you can have a, a full you know, a full yearly uh, employment where, let's say, for the six months in fire season, those people are adequately trained. They're able to react similar to what our fire department had to do just not that far away from Barrier when we had a lightning strike up in Boulder Mountain and they had to get some of the locals together and we were able to put that fire out very quickly. We need to be able to respond like that. And that also includes the ranchers and the people like that that traditionally have been able to respond quicker than, say, the wildfire service. And if that means that we have to redo some of that and make sure that, yes, there's insurances and, yes, they're properly trained and, yes, they're registered, that's great. But how many times have we heard this last summer where there were small fires and that people wanted to react and they had the, they had the experience, they had the training, they had the equipment, and they were told, no, don't touch it. Mm -hmm. I can tell you a lot of examples. And, again, those are the things that could come out with a committee where we could say, okay, these are the things that we have to change for next year is let's, let's see what the resources we do have. Let's make sure people do have insurance. Let's make sure they are registered. Let's allow them to do their job and get on, the, on these fires quickly. Because remember in 2003, the number one thing that we realized is you don't want a small fire becoming a big fire. And there was a lot of examples in this last summer where a lot of those small fires did not get acted on soon enough. And again, like I said, I'm not pointing any fingers, but there's a lot of there's a lot of stories out there, and they're not just stories. They're they're collaborated. There's video. There's a bunch of things that could have been done differently, and I'd like for us to have that opportunity to discuss it. Absolutely. Well, I hope you get that. I mean, there's so many things that you just mentioned in there that seem so simple and so quick to adjust, and yet that's just not the way it is. So uh, we'll see what happens. I hope you have a good chance to sit down and, and have a nice long conversation about this, and maybe look at some past reports and start to see some changes being made. I I imagine that opportunity will come, but I, I don't think we've seen any commitment on that just yet. So uh, I'll keep my eyes uh, to the ground here. And, uh, you know, if you ever hear anything, you, you shoot me a text and we'll talk more about it because there's there's no shortage of, of conversations, I think, that need to be had in relation to this. So appreciate this, Ward. Well, well, 
Well, thanks, Jeff. I'm optimistic that we can put our collective heads together and come up with some really good solutions for next fire season. I mean, I know they've done a lot of good work at the Ministry of Forest and the Wildfire Service acting on a lot of these recommendations. But again, I don't think an extra set of eyes or ears is a bad thing right now to look at some of these things that, that we're trying to implement and make sure that it's a safer season next year. Absolutely. Well, Ward, thanks so much for the time as always. Have yourself a wonderful Monday, and I'm sure we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate it. Always. Always, Mayor of Barrier right there, Ward Stamer. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time. I mean, yeah, we, we got to definitely learn and react and, and adapt moving forward. If You know, you hear the Premier, I think, I don't know how many times he's come out recently when talking about the fire situation and has said, you know, three of the five years that I have been Premier, we have gone through terrible fire season, 17, 18, and 21. You got to hope if more often than not, he's seeing these as extreme weather events that need to be addressed that uh, becomes high on the priority list. Actions speak louder than words. So we've heard him say it a lot. Now I just need to see him do a little bit of action. And that, of course, includes co um, collaborating with the federal government and some of the promises that I mentioned that came from uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau on the campaign trail. Those promises better come true because I think we're going to need it.